A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Welcome to the Lorehounds Play, where the Lorehounds, your guides to pixel-based adventures. I'm John. I'm Brandon, and this is our fourth The Lorehounds Play podcast, this time for The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. In this episode, we'll be breaking down the plot, the gameplay, our favorite side quests of Bethesda's hit fantasy RPG that we've all bought at least three times. Before we get started, quick reminder that you can send feedback to lhp at thelorehounds.com or leave us a voicemail at thelorehounds.com slash contact and we'll get to those questions in the next episode. If you're enjoying our coverage of video games or any of the shows we're covering and you'd like to support us directly, head over to patreon.com slash thelorehounds and subscribe today for early and ad-free access to every episode as well as bonus content like Second Breakfast. Another quick ask, please take a moment to rate the podcast and leave a review. Ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, which helps us make more podcasts. Brandon, before we get started on Skyrim, let's remind people what this podcast does. We're not doing live coverage of a new game. We're not, you know, getting hype on the game news. We're just two old men revisiting different games that we love that have rich stories and sort of talking through them talking through what we loved about them, what we didn't love about them, why they're worth playing, etc. Yes, we're vibing on them old games. We're surfing on the wave of nostalgia. Not usually, it doesn't have to be old games, but it has been as of late. It sure has. It sure has. I think part of it is you and I have been busy and we need to do things that we don't need to uh, replay as much. You know, uh, It is play so for the hard first to play rather. a new game to completion these days. <laughs> but yes. I know. I know. I know. Hey, Brandon, you're finally awake. All right. Well, I already played this through once, so let me go ahead and hit the skip option for the beginning <laughs> of the game. There's no, Except... wait, there's no skip option? <laughs> How oh, many times no, have I have to sit through this whole line. wagon ride again? Uh, did you ask how many times I sat through the wagon ride? Yeah, how many times did you sit through it? Well, 
Let's see. I don't think I have enough fingers and toes to count how many times I've heard that speech, watched that man get his head cut off, and picked what my face looks like. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> uh, what about you? Like, do you, do you have like a, a like a good guess number, or like for me, it's literally immeasurable. Like, I, I have no yeah, fucking clue. It's hard. I I mean, I probably haven't played as much as you have. My wife is so into Skyrim; like, she's played it a million times. Um, I actually got it for her. It was one of the first gifts I got for her was oh. Skyrim, not special edition, legendary edition. The first like collection that they did for PS3. Sure. Yes. And because uh, we met about 10 years ago and that was when that when that era was. And uh, she said to me, I don't want to play Skyrim because I know I'll get too into it. And I think that was a hint that she did want to play it. And I was right. And I got it. I got it for her. And she lived in that world for so long and still revisits it to this day. I think maybe like around 20 times is how many times I've at least started the game. Yes. I've probably only done the main quest like twice. You know, that's a good, that is a, that is actually a better question is how many times I've done the main quest. Uh, Finish it, I should say. Yeah. It's maybe for me, literally only like five times. And yeah. I have played this on just about every system it's been out on. Yeah, that's so, uh, that was my next question for you. How many platforms have you bought this for? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I buy it as a joke for a platform, but um, oh yeah, no, like I think I, I my initial playthrough was on the Xbox, I believe the 360. Okay, like I can't quite recall if it was that or the Xbox One. Um, but I've bought it on I've bought it since on PC. Um, you know, I'm not going to run it down pretty much. If you, if you have a, a platform, I'm going to buy it on there. I don't, I don't know if it's on mobile. I don't think it is, but not yet. That'd be not that'd yet. be a fun one to play on mobile. I think it's going to um, be on mobile. Eventually it's, um, it's going to be on your fridge. Eventually it's just, it's just what it is. It's, they I don't know what version. it is. They have a joke uh, version. Yeah. I think the joke version is actually on the, um, what is it like a Alexa systems? Like, you okay. can buy, like, there's a version that you can play on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. It's, if you haven't heard of this game before, uh, I'm going to describe it to you. And by the way, when I said spoilers before, Brandon just said things that happened in the first like five minutes of the game. So don't think that you've been spoiled for the whole game. No, but this game is this open world sandbox RPG where you could just, do anything like you just go around and you talk to people and it's janky. The the NPCs don't move right and the speech is clunky and it's magical. And we and all it love was that it. way in it in its day. It was janky and like that. Yes. Like it, it, it's never been. <laughs> no, like it's never it been polished. Out, Yes, it, it is a that is sort of a hallmark of uh, of the Bethesda RPG is that mm-hmm. they're all a little off. <laughs> yes, uh, even even Starfield now is still a little bit off. Yeah, but all it's kind of part of the charm. Long in the tooth for their time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the exact that's exactly right. Uh, it, it is part of the charm of these things. Uh, and you you just get it and most people do and a lot of people really don't. Um I I would count myself in as a person who definitely does though. Who's played yeah. I think all console bethesda rpgs ever um okay i've i've always been a console boy at heart Uh, i didn't really get a good enough pc to game on until well into adulthood 
Me too. Um, but yeah. everything that's been out since then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've I've bought this. I bought it once. Well, I got it for Christmas because it was my, it came out my senior year of high school when okay. I was still a poor child. And my parents got it for me for Christmas. And I did not oh. like it. What? I, I was going to say, what a it. great Christmas game, too, because of how cold it all is. Yeah. Um, I was a Call of Duty head in high school. Hell yeah. I was always, you know, trying hard to get my kill, kill streak and and kill death ratio up. And I was I was definitely like playing with the boys. And that was that. That was that. That's what I wanted to do all day. And I it just wasn't. I I wasn't right for it at the time, you know, like it was not a genre that I was into, even though I was into fantasy world with like books and movies and whatnot. It was just not what I was looking for in a video game at that time. On the other hand, when I was in college, I brought my 360. This was on 360. I had it. Mm -hmm. I brought my 360 to college and I happened to have Skyrim and my my roommate started playing it. I was like, that looks awesome. And then I started playing. I knew nothing about playing RPGs. My character was a mess. I was I, I had like everything leveled up a little bit. He was a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. And and I had a great time. I had a great time. And I think that's when I was uh, beating it the first time I met my wife and I bought her the legendary edition and then we all played on her PS3. So that's I'm up to two purchases now. I'm going to count the one my parents got for me. <laughs> okay. I'm up to two purchases. We got a PS4 together, bought the special edition. We um, uh, it came out on Switch, got the <laughs> Switch edition uh, on PC. I eventually bought it once I had a PC that could run it. So that's five. And do I count Game Pass? Oh, yeah, I will count Game Pass because I paid for the upgrade to the anniversary edition. I did the same um, my, on my most recent playthrough. I, I I got that version. I don't know if it was worth it. I'm going to be honest. It was very, I, not very different. I played it for probably my most recent playthrough. I played uh, when I had my most recent child and I put 70 hours into it. Uh, okay. It was nice going back to an old comfortable land. So I, I just did all my like I did the greatest hits run of Skyrim and just had a pig in shit of a time. Uh, really enjoying, uh, really enjoying it, and it looked great. I was because I was playing it um, back and forth. I on the in the living room. If I was sitting out there with the family, I would be playing it on the Series X. And if I was in the the quiet room with the baby, where I had to sit there and uh, you know not make any noise so the baby could sleep, I would be playing it with headphones on the Xbox Series S. And uh, so going back and forth between those two was very mm-hmm. seamless. And uh, it looked great because I was playing it at least 60 frames per second. Um, and that was nice. It looked looked wonderful. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, the Series S seems like a beast. I don't have one, but it seems like a really nice, small beast. You know, you could just you could just run a lot of games seamlessly on it. It's pretty impressive. I, I really love having one. And I'll say I do appreciate that Xbox has been really into the play anywhere thing lately. They are all about, you know, you can go to your PC, you can go to the different Xbox consoles, you can go to the cloud, whatever you want. We'll sync up the saves for you. Yeah, I've never been um, 
like I've always been sort of an Xbox guy by default since the Xbox 360 era. Um, but I, I would, there's nothing, no, no, like baleful human as such as a console warrior. So like, I'm, I'm never going to yeah, be like, yeah, a, yeah. you know, it's, I think they're, it's all great. Whatever you want to play on, it doesn't matter. But I do like that. You don't have to pay for something to get, uh, your cloud saves like you do on the PlayStation. That is right. pretty lame. They, they both have their goods. They both have their bads play where yeah. you want. It's, it's a plastic box. Yeah, I'll play both for sure. I think I I lean towards whichever company is being more consumer friendly that generation. And so the 360, I was all about I was all about the 360, you know. Hell yeah. Um I had a PS3 towards the end, but not not for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then the PS4 generation, I I owned a PS4 for the entire generation and I barely owned an Xbox 1 because the whole Don Matrick mess with let's uh the the way that you had to lend games i know that they didn't go through with it but that whole yeah. pr nightmare where they just lost that generation in one press conference that it worked on me rough. that that the whole playstation where they go let me show you how to share a game and they handed it to a friend that yeah, worked on me that was good propaganda and i yeah. was like yeah i don't i don't want to jump through hoops with xbox and you you do have issues where you you go if you were willing to do that once you're willing to do it again um, luckily Xbox didn't do that. It changed course. Phil Spencer took over and really took it in a drastically better new direction. I think I will say that like, uh, as far as like human interface devices, uh, at these days, um, I'm much more concerned about ergonomics and comfort, uh, which mm-hmm. is why I gravitate towards the Xbox controller more than anything because mm-hmm. it's the most comfortable in my hands. I agree with that. Offset, yeah. The offset thumbsticks are like my go-to and that's another reason why I, 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 tend to stick with xbox on multi-platform titles such as skyrim for now um but yeah that's kind of about it as far as like console stuff like i'm 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 staring at my ps5 because spider-man 2 is burning a hole in my pocket i haven't gotten to play with it yet oh i played the first like three hours of it and it's really really good hell yeah so that's what i mean yeah like Like you and i you and i are are on board with wherever the good games are we're gonna go right you do it um i don't i don't i never understood allegiances to plastic boxes exactly exactly and i I agree with you i'm i've been more leaning towards xbox on the multi-platform stuff although lately i've been sort of shifting to pc a little bit um, yeah just because i feel like that'll be my longest standing thing i can play on you know like i'm never gonna lose the games on pc for sure anyway Enough about console wars. Do, should we do an honorable mention that the Activision deal just changed, just closed? Yeah, that's that's um that's pretty huge. Um, Bethesda has been under uh has been under Xbox for a while now, but yeah, Activision Blizzard is straight up uh, Xbox now. They did a mm-hmm. they had a I've never seen it before, but they did an acquisition trailer <laughs> showing like <laughs> I think this they is did what that for Bethesda Xbox too. Has now. Yeah, I think they did that for Bethesda too, but it's uh yeah, it's it's a big deal. I mean, there's been a lot of debate over whether that was the right thing to do, etc. For me, I'm just like I want these companies to do right by me. I want these companies to do right by consumers and the best way to ensure that is competition. I don't think that Xbox was effectively competing with PlayStation for a long time. And this will help even out the competition a bit. And I hope that now they feel the need to win me as a consumer, you know, both of them. For sure. 
Xbox seems to have been doing pretty well by their employees and stuff too. Like it's exactly, it's like an epidemic yeah. right now. All the layoffs and stuff of like game devs are just like mm-hmm. you know they're lo- like companies losing fifty percent of their like workforce and stuff. So that's it's kind of hard to see. And you know with big acquisitions like that, that's like a scary time for those people. Right. But I mean like. Whenever it gets down to the consumer, if this enables, you know, Xbox to have like a better catalog and like for me as an Xbox owner to have more opportunities to play games, then I mean, what what, what am I really going to complain about? Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, if so, I'm, I'm going to have Game Pass, then I'm glad that there will be more things on it. Um, I know I know there's concerns about, you know, consolidation of the, the industry, and I totally see that. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, the the other reason that I was not really that bothered by this acquisition was, as you said, Microsoft is known for being pretty good to its employees. We know that. Yeah, there and was it seems like everyone involved thing. wanted it to happen. Yeah. And we know that there was this huge thing with Bobby Kotick and, you know, a lot of sexual harassment allegations and, um, you know, impropriety happening at Activision that wasn't being handled properly. Like it was very clearly not being handled properly. The shareholders even got involved and asked for Kotick to step down and he didn't. And it became very clear that Kodak and Activision's leadership was ineffective and incapable of solving this problem. So my hope is, and I'm not guaranteeing this, but my hope is that Microsoft can step in and go, okay, cut that out. We're not going to do that anymore. That's that's done. You're fired if you do that. Um, yeah. And I hope that they can create a safer place to work for Activision. Yeah, and Kodak specifically, he is going to be out until... I think he's done next year at some point. Like he's, I, I uh, thought it was till the end of this calendar year he was he was staying, and then that's it. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. I I, I read on it ba- like you know barely like surface level. So yeah, that that'd be nice, and hopefully the culture that will change, and we won't have to constantly read stories about people with a lot of money being super fucked up to their people all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just it, just treat your employees right. You know, just yeah. be nice to people. Be nice. Be nice moral, for sure. The moral of all of that: be nice. Yep, be nice. To Do people. the good guy playthrough. Do the good guy. Um, Skyrim. I think uh, I am neutral at best. Oh yeah, neutral at best. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple more logistical questions about the game for you, and then we'll do a break, and then we'll go to full spoilers. Cool. Do you play in first or third person? First person every time. No, no exceptions. Okay. I will occasionally break into third person to make sure I look good, and then I will <laughs> always go back into first person. All right. I want to embody I usually, this character I've created. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I normally do that. My wife is always third person in Skyrim. Wow. Which blows my mind every time I see it happen. I can picture a cooler looking like action whenever it's first person. Mm-hmm. When it's third person, you're literally seeing just this wire framed mannequin doing these like same bad attack animations or spell animations or whatever. But I yep. mean, you know, if that's what you want. I, I feel like my head is. does better things for the game than the game does for the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, and you still get the third person animations when you get like the cool kills. So yeah, it's it it doesn't the, to me. There's not a lot of benefit to playing in third person, but if you like it, you like it. I know she yeah, she likes like to see her character for sure. That is like a that is that was never in the old okay. Before we get super into Skyrim, you this was your first Elder Scrolls experience, right? It was. It was. Yeah. Okay. 
I played its two console predecessors. I did play Morrowind and I did play Oblivion. I think I spent much more time with Oblivion. It was Oblivion was my first like I'm a gamer ass gamer game for Elder Did you Spoilers. buy the horse armor? I did not. I was poor at the time. I was lucky. The horse I had armor doomed us all. <laughs> it did. It was it, it was it was the uh the proverbial like uh what would you call it? It was the Trojan horse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Trojan horse armor that to doom us for the rest of eternity with microtransactions. If you're new to if you're new to gaming, the gaming metaculture, this was the first. I think this was the first microtransaction offered, cosmetic microtransaction offered. In cosmetic, importantly, yes, it was. It, it wasn't content. It was just like cosmetic thing that you could buy for your game. The horse armor did nothing for your horse except make it look pretty. It is a Fortnite skin. Yes. And this was the first time this ever happened. And it sold really well. And a lot of people, I don't know if this is true, but a lot of people think that the success of that is what inspired the current culture of multi microtransactions. I wouldn't be surprised. Because since especially Oblivion, uh, Elder Scrolls games have been such a cultural, like... And just Bethesda games in general have been such a cultural thing. Like a lot of people play these games. Yeah. So like it, it, they are sort of trendsetters in that way, even if they we are weird, janky <laughs> kind of pieces of shit. <laughs> uh, but they're just so lore rich and everyone loves to dig in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is definitely I, I, I definitely credit horse armor with being the reason why I spent $15 to look like Fry in Fortnite the other day. <laughs> My biggest Fortnite purchase was looking like Anakin Skywalker during the Star Wars run. Very understandable. I actually, uh, last sidebar about Fortnite especially, <laughs> I just now started playing it for the very first time, and I'm having a wonderful time. So we'll have, oh, to, we'll have really to drop fun. in. We'll have to drop in together here soon, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do Yeah, that. <laughs> I'd be down. I'd be down. I don't, I'm not buying any skins anymore, but I'm, you don't I'm, got I'd to. be down. I'll play as Anakin, and we'll have fun. I literally just have one, so we can be Fry, Philip J. Fry, and we can be Anakin Skywalker, and we can drop in and, you know, shoot some other <laughs> children. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I also have Gangnam Style as a sound, as a dance, so I can make Anakin go play Gangnam Style and dance to it. That's wonderful. Want. I have the uh, I, I can floss uh, the uh, oh, what's good. it called the revel. It's a full revolution floss. Yeah. I'm doing the dance. It's a podcast. You can't see it, but yeah. the gaming industry is broken. I'm just going to say it, it after that. <laughs> yeah, um, and we are broken. We are broken you know, old men. Yeah. All right. I think uh, let's let's do one more thing. One more one more round of of basic questions. What kind of build is your default build? Like what kind of skill set? What what play style are you going with? Okay, so starting from all the way back at the very beginning, uh, Morrowind sucked as far as like melee stuff. So I did more spells in Morrowind, Oblivion on. I always do melee builds because they feel better to me, and I have two builds that I go to or two. I always make two characters very early. I make a this is the hero of the game as the game intends you to play it so in skyrim specifically i made a nord and i did the whole main story and then my one that i really love to play is i will make a dunmer i'll make a dark elf and i will play stealth okay Um, and those are the two sometimes i play them concurrently because my dunmer i do more of an evil playthrough and my uh you know 
the like in the in Oblivion, I played as the uh, like an Imperial because I just I want to see like this is the intended way, quote unquote, that they want you to like experience this. And then I do like a let's break the game version with my Dark Elf. And that's uh, that's, that's the way I always kind of run. Usually. What about you? I almost always play Stealth Archer. Almost always. I uh, yeah. I do. I do the Dark Brotherhood. I do the Thieves Guild. I get all my stealth up and I just am I'm I'm often also a dark elf. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because I, I have fun with it, you know? Um I the last time I tried to play when we decided to cover this, I started a new game and I was just going like full like aggro mage. And I had fun with it, but not as much fun as I did as a stealth archer. <laughs> it's it's just so it, well especially in skyrim it's it's literally broken <laughs> like it is like you can one shot dragons super early on in your playthrough um yep as long as your stealth is up really high and all your multipliers are up good and stuff do you um when you play these games what like difficulty setting do you use because i am not ashamed to say i just play it on the easiest one i didn't change it i didn't even know you could change it for a long time and then on my most recent one I think I still left it on normal because I was just so used to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing. Like, if you want a power fantasy, you go very easy. But e- even normally, like, the only things that you can run into that are, like, really mess you up are trolls and, like, you know, stuff yeah. that, like, is yeah. a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Getting um, overwhelmed by some Forsworn. We'll get into some stuff later. Yeah, I'm definitely not against playing on easy. I do for a lot of games that I do lately just because time and i don't feel like fighting with the game as much i want to just yes. experience it but um you know it depends on the game like spider-man is pretty easy so i'm just doing that on the default difficulty yeah. as far as um you know skyrim i i didn't know so i could change it so i did it on the default difficulty but right. you know jedi survivor i've been playing that and i did there's like five levels of difficulty i'm doing the second to easiest one because i wanted okay. a little bit of challenge but i didn't want to struggle that much and it's it's been a nice balance it's been good that's good. Yeah, most games I do play on normal, but on jank ass Elder Scrolls and Bethesda games, I just <laughs> drop it to easy because I want to experience enough. the world. Definitely, I uh, I don't really want to fight. <laughs> a glitchy, yeah, I I may mess. have to. <laughs> yeah, I got really stuck on a part in Starfield, and I um, I think we're gonna save Star Starfield talk till after we talk about um, skyrim but uh i got really stuck on a part of starfield and i think i'm gonna have to decrease the difficulty i think i'm on normal right now right not a bad move yeah so i think that's all we can do on spoiler free um i think if you want to play this please go play it i know we convinced Dove 71 to go play it and Dove wrote in loving it so i hope that you'll take our advice and go play this wonderful timeless game uh, you can buy it on anything that you own, pretty much. So whatever, whatever you want to play this game on, just go go buy it. You could you could um, play it on Game Pass too if you if you wanted to. So, Brandon, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk full spoilers. Let's. And we're back. All right, Brandon, let's talk full spoilers. I'm going to give a quick synopsis of the main plot. And I it's been a while since I played it. So I have to remind myself by looking some stuff up. But I um, but I, I remembered it as I was reading. So here we go. You awaken as a prisoner on your way to execution. 
A dragon attack interrupts the executioner, and you escape with the help of either the nationalist Stormcloaks or the loyalist Imperials. After killing the dragon outside Whiterun, your body absorbs its soul, allowing you to use the shouts of dragons. An order called the Greybeards determines you are the dragonborn, one who can shout like a dragon innately. Over the course of the game, you learn that the evil dragon Alduin is resurrecting dragons to seek revenge for his banishment. Based on the guidance of Parthenax, a surviving dragon, an Elder Scroll allows you to see into the past and learn the shout Dragonrend, which will allow you to defeat Alduin. You capture another dragon who bargains for his life by offering to take you to the Nordic heaven Savangard, where you defeat Alduin with the three heroes who first banished him. It's uh, yeah. it's it sounds cooler than it is. <laughs> the main, I'm gonna be the main honest. Uh, quest. The main quest might be the weakest part of the game. I think that for me, the weakest part. Let's go ahead and let's talk about how shitty this game is. For me, the weakest part <laughs> is actually the um, the loyalist versus the nationalist part. Okay. Of the, game. Um, the the racist I, nationalists. Yes, I never gave a shit about uh, the 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 you know Skyrim for Nords uh, versus mm-hmm. the Imperials, um, especially because like you know the. I want to root for the Nords. This is their homeland and stuff, but I'm also super not for them shoving Dunmer into ghettos like they have been. For right, like, right. They're awful for, people for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. Like you um, want you want to be like you should be an independent state, but you're also like you're super racist. Yeah, you know, polit- politics are complicated. What can we say? Get get your politics out of my video games, uh, Bethesda. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like so that part was never as interesting to me. Uh, I can't. I come for the fantasy. Um, I, I'm always surprised whenever I do the main story about how cool some of it is. Like just Parthenax being a thing in general is so fucking rad to me. He's he he lives at the you know the throat of the world. Mm-hmm. This dragon who's just up there contemplating his history, his past, yep. like the future, everything. Um. The Greybeards are like a really cool, weird Jedi order. Um, the ability <laughs> to go way to put to it. shout uh, the the shout in general that um, d- the dragon breath is is words of dragons uh, that mean different things that cause different effects. Um, I, I I always think that that stuff is so neat. Even if like half of my Skyrim playthrough time is just me in dungeons, not inter- like interacting with that at all. Um, I've always really enjoyed that one tidbit, um, on the Xbox one version of the game, I believe that had the connect, you could actually learn the dragon tongue and speak. Uh, you could hold down, I believe it was like the right bumper. You could speak the dragon words and it would do whatever shout you spoke. That's awesome. I had no idea about that. It was, um, probably my second or third playthrough uh of the game or maybe the second or third time i bought the game (laughs) i can't remember but um i remember learning way too much dova dragon language uh (laughs) to be like man i I, no one is ever gonna love me (laughs) i know so much (laughs) dragon right now uh but i i I had memorized at least 15 of the dragon shouts at one point so i that's awesome i love that i love that um super cool Super cool. This whole main quest, the concept is good. The concept is yes. good. Um, 
the Elder Scroll does feel a little shoved into it. I will say that that's the it name of the series. Does. Yeah, and the Elder Scroll, you're like, was that necessary? Could you could you have just figured out a different way to look into the past and it would have been fine? But that's fine. That's fine. Um, Parthenax, I got to ask you, did you kill Parthenax on your first playthrough? I've never killed Parthenax. I killed on my first playthrough. What? Wow. And when my wife found that out to me, she was like, no, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree with her. I'm, I'm with her on this one. I killed on my first playthrough and I state my regret. I confessed to my crimes. Yeah, I'm sure the Greybeards were, were, were very happy with you. Yeah, they were happy with me. I don't know. I didn't trust any dragons. I was I was very distrustful of all the dragons. Racist. But I mean they're they're like they're I think they're technically kind of demons, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, they were they were I mean, he's literally the only one who did not try to kill me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Well, I can't remember his name, but it was the dragon that you ride to Sovngarde, um that you have to catch. Uh mm-hmm. You went you over him in the breakdown, but he's like, obviously, like he doesn't kill you and eventually you can call him. But uh, right. he he doesn't. I think his is more of like, this guy will kill me if I don't listen. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. as much of a like, because Parthenax, I believe you're just, not like, willing to die at your hand, yeah. isn't he? I think so. I think so. But Parthenax, if I recall correctly, did a lot of nasty stuff under Alduin. He was oh, not great. He in was that. like a general of uh, of Alduin's initial army. Yeah, so he was not a great dude. Let's not let's not give him too much credit. I don't I don't regret killing him that much. I think on a human scale, <laughs> let's get into some of this. <laughs> on a human scale, we have a hundred years if we're lucky. If you spent the first twenty five years of your life being a murderer, I don't think you should get the rest of those hundred years to you know do whatever you want you should you should have to answer for that but if you're a dragon and you live for a thousand years you know a hundred of those you do you do a lot of terrible things the entire world changes around you maybe the last 500 years you can just hang out in the retirement home for dragons which is the throat of the world (laughs) at the highest peak in skyrim you heard it here brendan the bard is a murder apologist uh... (laughs) yeah maybe maybe a little bit there you go there you go. You know what? I'm going to go kill Parthenax again after this podcast. Damn it. No, don't do it. The Greybeards are going to be so Just happy. Just spite they, you all. It's funny. I've never seen what the Greybeards do after that because them and the um, uh, the Blades, who is another faction who are mm-hmm. like super anti-dragon, who've also been in, uh, they were like a major part of Oblivion. Right, right. I played a little uh, bit of Oblivion, but after Skyrim. They will cut you off also if you don't kill Parthenax because they're like, hey, we know that Parthenax is up there. We need you to go gank him. And if not, we can't hang out with you anymore. Um, It's a fair trade. Yeah. Honestly, I, I could deal with no blades. Del- Delphine is not that interesting. I thought she was neat. I, I especially love the um, we're going to be throwing out a lot of names and nouns and stuff. Uh, well, most of the spoiler you section, this. ostensibly people have played this by now. Yeah. Hopefully, yes. Jeez. Um, but yeah, if Delphine, I I always love the secret door part. And when she puts on her armor for the first time and you go kill up the you, you, you kill the bone dragon coming out of the Karn. Uh, like, uh, I thought that was like a really interesting thing. But after that, um, her introducing you to the blades, going to that blades temple is really neat to me. Uh, I, li- I loved all the art in there, like all the stone, like it tells the story of Alduin from beginning to end on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't research any of that, by the way. This is all just like in my brain and it will be forever. probably. <laughs> um, 
also you get a cool uh you get cool katanas and shit from the blades which is you know nice and you know weeb interesting for the for the game so you're Dragon a blade Rand, apologist too that's great a little bit it's great a little bit but i i uh, I, I grew a, attached to them a lot more because of oblivion um but yeah delphine i don't know I, I have I have some uh, I, I love a secret door tavern lady because she's got her tavern and, uh, you know, there's a secret door in there that leads to her cool bat cave of blades bullshit. Nice. Um, let's see. Oh, the Elder Scroll thing. I did want to mention that. I feel like a lot of the time the Elder Scroll is definitely just crammed in there because that's what the game is. Yep. It's shoehorned for sure. I do like that uh, to get the Elder Scroll, um, the the quest in general that gets you there sort of introduces you to Hermaeus Mora, which is sort of the Cthulhu kind of one of the Daedric princes. Um, Mm -hmm. That is a that is an interesting like all of the Daedra from the uh, Elder Scrolls world. uh, There's some of my favorite parts that are like intertwined with all the games. Um, I really enjoy any time that they become involved because they're like, it's, it's like, um, one of the things that connects the universe really well is no matter where you are in the world, you can interact with shrines of these like sort of consistent characters that exist. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, uh, the, the books that you're going to, you're always going to find the lusty Argonian maid. You're always going to (laughs) find. Oh, is that in every game? It, I think it is. Oh, that's Uh, fine. The the Cyrodiilic brandy. Um, like skooma, moon sugar, if you want to party, like it's all like uh like consistent things that uh that that like uh exist from one game to the other that ties everything together. It's always really um you're always gonna recognize some stuff like that. And the Daedric princes are really good with because they're they're always some of the coolest like side quests in all the games. Yeah. Well, which side we'll get quests, into side quests later. Yeah, why don't we why don't we go to there now? We'll come back to DLC. Side quest. One of my favorite side quests was the Mace of Molag Ball, which is oh yeah, you you can I, I forgot what city it's in, but it's in one of the western cities, I think. Markarth, I believe. Markarth, right, right. And you have to go into this house, and this shrine's like, hey, you got to go do a bunch of evil shit for me, and I'll give you this cool mace that'll let you take souls for every kill, fill mm-hmm. fill a soul gem with every kill. Very useful. Very very useful. Um, I don't know why, but I always liked that shrine. That was a good that was a good shrine to to do. Then just yeah, all the all the like um the the backstabbery involved too is really right. cool. I I right. love a sentient weapon. Um like that's always a I, I, I can't even remember if the Mace of Molag Ball was, but I feel like it's one of the ones that talks to you. Um I, I think it does at first and then it just kind of goes silent. But yeah. It's uh it's it's got like a green glow to it. It's great. We Good and evil. We stand it. We do. You have the Daedric quests, you know, all of them as one of your uh, side quests. Uh, can you talk more about that? Uh, one of the things, one of the Daedric quests that uh, really I, I, I really love is actually uh, <laughs> the Clavicus Vile, the Daedra's best friend with Barbus the dog. That's really fun where you get to meet uh, this dog. And it's one of the, I think they call it a radiant quest. When you hit certain levels or deltas within the game, uh, quests will run up on you. I'm sure if you've played the game since the DLC has been out, you'll be walking into a city randomly and a bunch of dragon priests will come up and try and stab you to death for no reason. Um, that is because you're like level 10 now and uh, you are able to play the Dragonborn DLC. Um, but right. uh, yeah, so like 
you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those quests where a dog will run up and it'll go through this whole like uh, little quest of running around with this demon dog that talks to you named Barbus, and you have to uh, basically like lead someone to the shrine of of um, um, Clavicus Vile. Uh, that's really fun. Uh, sort of a meme one is um, uh, I'm going to say uh, a lot and I'm very sorry. Merida, the break of Dawn. Uh, so Dawn Breaker is a one handed sword that you can get. Yeah, that's Meridia's and, beacon, I think is the quest line. Yes. Uh, and the beacon is so fun. Uh, <laughs> because like it's 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 one of those things that pops up now on the internet to me all the time because the beacon when you find it it's another radiant quest um where you talk to it and it's just because it just looks like kind of a big golf ball yes and it just in this this booming lady's voice <laughs> she's just like a new hand touches the beacon listen mm-hmm. hear me and obey and it's just like <laughs> it's such a like to me an iconic skyrim like thing uh to do the meridia's beacon uh quest plus and she, it's a cool, she lifts like, you up into the air when you get there yeah yeah you get to see like a bird's eye view of all of skyrim basically um, I'm sure it crashed a number of uh, lower end machines and even Xbox 360s that, that there's an R rod for you right there having to load in the whole world all at once. Did you hear what uh, they had to do to Morrowind to make it run on the Xbox original? No. Apparently, some some of the loading screens are so long because the console is rebooting during the loading screen because you know what? they needed to clear the cache. Yeah, that's insane. Which is insane. It was actually rebooting your Xbox because it just couldn't handle the game. That's wild. <laughs> it it's it's so but funny the jank. it does look so bad. <laughs> but there's the jank. <laughs> um Meridia's Beacon, uh she's a really interesting Daedra too because she hates undead, right? Which is yes. very uncommon for a Daedra. Yeah, she's like, um, especially with Dawnbreaker, the sword, it's like a very paladin-like thing, which I enjoy, especially on my Nord playthrough of that one, because uh, my, my ultra good guy playthrough, um, it's fun to run around with that sword and, you know. Yeah, with a demonic sword. Yeah, that, a demonic sword, that, but that kills demons. Right, right. Yeah, she's, she's certainly one of the most interesting Daedric princes. But yeah, I mean, um, I don't need to really go too into all of them. Uh, Mayrune's Razor is another good one. Uh, that uh, sort of dovetails with um, there's a quest uh, that you can go into like a museum of some of the bad guys from the first game, the the Mythic Dawn. They were very tied into mm-hmm. um, Oblivion, like in the opening quest. It's like a cult that worships. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I played that part. Uh, yeah, but like so, you can go to a museum there, and uh, it sort of starts you off on the quest. The quest to get Mayrun's razor, which is like a staple for uh, assassin builds. Uh, it's a very good dagger. Nice. But yeah, like uh, if you find a Daedric Prince or the threads of a quest of a Daedric Prince, and you haven't played it, those are like mandatory side quests, in my opinion. Yeah, they're super fun. Good call. Good call. I'm gonna bring in the Dark Brotherhood here. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll keep on the evil. On the evil uh, uh, train. Love the Dark Brotherhood. I love the whole we know thing with the note and the handprint. Yep. Great, great world building. I love the the twist. I, I said to I said to my wife when I was playing in front of her, I was like, 
I think I'm I think I'm gonna make her uh, I mean I think I'm gonna make Astrid my um companion spouse. And she goes, Okay. <laughs> she she knew the twist <laughs> already. She yeah. knew the twist already. Yeah. So Astrid betrays you, and of course you cannot wife her because she dies very violently. Oh yeah. And uh yeah, yeah. Um it's still a great it's still a great quest. I love Cicero. I love hiding in the night mother's coffin and listening to the to the conversation and the, there's just so many good little tidbits there. And uh, I like assassinating the emperor as the cook. That's really fun. Yes. The fake emperor, of course. Really good stuff. Um they've always been sort of a staple for those games. Like um I remember not enjoying the Dark Brotherhood experience as much in Skyrim as I did in Oblivion. Um, the intro to it is always like a like a cool like how are they going to make it in this one? This one you have to like basically go and assassinate people for a little boy. Um, in Skyrim, you just literally have to murder anyone, and you'll get a note when you wake up after arrest. Because hmm. um, they're, they're like, we saw what you did. Basically, we seen it. Um, but yeah, the the Dark Brotherhood is probably the first like main quest I will get to whenever I make an evil run. Um, cause you just can't miss it because they, they, they really do like with other like guilds and stuff. Like the Dark Brotherhood is always the coolest one to me. Cause it's just like the most metal. What, what's, what's not to love about that? Yeah. It's a really great side quest. What's your next favorite side quest? Um, so I have a night to remember. Um, that is the, uh, Oh my gosh, what are the movies? Uh, the Hangover. Uh, there's a quest that is basically <laughs> The Hangover in Skyrim where uh, you 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 take a sip and you know what? Now that I think of it, I, that is a Daedric quest. Um, it <laughs> literally just hit me them. now. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't get away. But over the, 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 the line of the quests, you, um, you, you, dr- you get drunk and you wake up, I think also in Markarth. Um, and uh, you have to find out over the like what you actually did over the <laughs> uh, over the course of like you find that you like you killed something on a farm or maybe you didn't kill anything but you like I think you stole some stuff like I can't remember but I, I really remember like just really enjoying it like is this straight up just the Hangover but you know medieval and it it, it is uh, like it, I I just remember having so much fun with that one uh, that cool. it was such a cool like one. a cool novel idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fun. I don't think I've played that one, so interesting. You have one more on your list. Why don't I I'm I'm gonna let you you keep going and then I'll I'll do my last one. Okay. Uh the the next one was diplomatic immunity, and that is one where you um you have to attend a fancy dinner. Uh that's actually isn't this in the main the main storyline? It might yeah, because be. I think Delph I think Delphine sends you on it. Oh, uh, yes. To, I hate this quest. You have to turn in all your gear. You hate it? <laughs> I absolutely fucking hate this quest. This is like every time I play through, this is often where I stall out for the main quest. Wow. I like it. <laughs> uh, I like killing Thalmer. It's really fun. I hate high elves and their snooty asses. So it's very fun to like as soon as like I always fail to sn- to stealth through once I start to go outside because basically you have to attend a fancy dinner and you have to talk to all these rich people. And um, you have to turn in all your gear so you don't have any of your shit. And over the course of it, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're mingling and then you're led to the side room. You get your gear, you go outside to try and sneak into their embassy. 
And then I just murder everyone involved, all of them. Um, <laughs> uh, which, you know, every time you run into Thalmer, I like to go ahead and get them, you know, taken care of, knocked out, done, done. But yeah, I, I really loved that one. Uh, just the, uh, uh, just the, the, the sneaky, the, it, losing all your gear is fun to me. I don't know why. Call it the, the Dungeons and Dragons in me. But like, it's a very, it's a very RPG quest that I, 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 uh, I like when you got to schmooze a little bit with the rich people. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I did not. I like definitely it. understand I why gear. you wouldn't like it though. I want <laughs> yeah, all my would. gear. I, I spent a long time getting this gear. Don't put it in a box, please. I, I play a lot of Magic the Gathering lately and where Magic players are notorious for being really cranky about card uh, discard effects and milling cards, you know, wh- things that take away your stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. It's it's part of my identity. Yeah, luckily you don't lose it for long. Unless you lose it forever, which I'm sure there's a way to mess it up and lo- you lose all your gear in this box in the Thalmer Embassy. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> um, my third quest I'll, I'll put on, and it's another big one. I'm, I, I kind of cheated and I stole the big ones, but it's so good. The, the Thieves Guild. I love it. I love all the betrayals that you uncover through it. I love the Nightingale armor. I know it's not even that good, but I love how good it looks. Um, I It's so cool. And you can never do the last quest in it and then keep the master lockpick forever. The skeleton key, whatever it is, um, that will unlock anything. You can, you can get that indestructible lockpick forever if you just don't turn in the last quest. Guess who's never turned in the last quest? Oh, yeah? Yep, I have. Once. <laughs> I have. And I've regretted it. But at least yeah, I know I how bet. it ends. <laughs> I think do you I think you get the Nightingale armor before that. I think so. So yeah, I don't even think you need to do that to, to get the Nightingale armor. Hmm. Regrets. I have them. Yeah. Um the Thieves Guild experience has been uh pretty pretty good throughout uh series wide, I think. Um the uh there used to be like a mage guild and a fighters guild in the older mm-hmm. games too so there was like more opportunities for those quests the thieves guild is like the last one that's stuck around in this game yeah i mean you have um, equivalents right you have the college of winterhold for mages you have the companions for the fighters guild yeah i guess that's that's the the closest analog uh the companions we uh we can get into a little bit especially with um uh Dongard. but the um the College of Winterhold is a little bit disappointing. Uh, ex- like, there's some neat stuff in there, but like, it's just not as meaty as I would want for like a f- like. I think mages kind of got done dirty a little bit with Skyrim. Yeah, it's less fun um, to play as a mage for sure. I the idea of being able to use a thing in both hands was a little. Mm, I think maybe because it, it, it dual wielding and stuff was never a thing before. Um. So I think they kind of got their they got carried away with it, and that that's probably just a, a, it being a you know 2011 thing. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's growing just, pain. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's something that wouldn't have you know they would have never done that now to like make it like a big thing. Like you can have fire in one hand and ice in the other. Um, <laughs> I just think it kind of like maybe cheapened the magic experience a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I've never even really done a full magic run. I've done like a well, I guess I'll be a wizard for a little bit. I'll do the college. I'll be the I'll be the you know the master of the college of Winterhold, and then I'll just go do whatever and I'll have some spells. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
I I don't think I've ever finished the College of Winterhold, but I've played a decent amount of it pretty much every run. I don't know. I end up I end up there for some reason. I just end up there. And yeah. uh but I prefer I prefer the the thievier guilds and uh I've not really played the companions once. I think I beat it once. I think I I finished that side quest once and I just didn't love it that much. So I I haven't gone back yeah. to do it. I'm with you. Uh, they're cool idea. I just don't I think maybe it's also too early in the playthrough. Like you're kind of involved yeah. with other stuff. Yeah. They they get like backburnered real bad. They've got a great hook, I will say. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, because you just think they're a regular guild, and then it's like, no, we're a secret society of werewolves. Yeah, like, that's, okay, that's cool. That's a cool fucking hook. Um, right. But yeah. Which is a good segue, right, into uh, the Dawnguard DLC. Yes. Um, this was a very cool bit of DLC. Um, uh, by Scar- Skyrim, we hardly knew you. I'm sure we'll be back to playing you. Now onto the DLC. Um, this was neat. They they introduced like um, skill trees for uh, for vampire and werewolves at this mm-hmm. point. Um, I really liked that uh, that you could kind of expand. Um, but the 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 story itself was really neat for Dawnguard uh, because it sort of it, it brings in like they all like have like both of the DLCs have like main hooks, but like so, some of the stuff that happens on the side um, are like some of the best parts to me. Um, you get uh, also crossbows are pretty, pretty bitching. So it's yes. nice to have those yeah. that you can use. For instance, with one of the things that I loved about Dawnguard was the the snow elves. Um, so they are uh, they're a cool like. There's a couple in the entire like canon of the Elder Scrolls. There's like races of people uh, who have since disappeared. Like the Dwemer is like a yep. the dwarves, um, which are you know dwarves is kind of it's complicated in that sense because they're more like. Um, I guess Norse dwarves—they're just elves, basically, like a different mm-hmm. race of. Yeah. Of, uh, but the snow elves are really neat because, like, they have basically been locked underground and they've devolved into goblinish creatures called the Falmer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like blind, uh, just monsters, basically. Right. And nobody um, knows how so, that even happened. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a cool, fun mystery. Um. And uh, like what the Dawn Guard eventually gets to is you find like uh, these um, they uh, the, the the last two basically snow elves and uh, one of them is a vampire uh, and it's sort of like the progenitor of like a big part of this whole thing. Um, I I really like whenever you get into like the big mysteries of the universe situation and finding out that the Falmer were indeed the, the last sort of snow elf descendants mm-hmm. was really cool. Um, this is a cool bit of world building. Yeah. Um, the uh, going to the soul Karn, was that part of Dongard? I believe it was. I think so. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. To, Cause I think her mother was there, right? Serana's mother. Yes. Also, let's just let's just say Serana's the best companion. She doesn't Fuck die. Yeah. She just <laughs> she just carries all your shit. She she's a good fighter. Excellent. And she's got a lot of sarcasm, which is great. She yeah, she's really I I we I think last time because of uh 
uh, Marin, I've I you know was happy about Goth Chicks letting you know the podcaster <laughs> audience know like I, I I'm very weak to to them. Uh, so you know what's what's not to love of a vampire princess walking around with you, Lord I Harkin's know. daughter. She's great. Uh, pretty great. Um, the did you so wait you played so you did play this obviously I played through this whole thing yeah of a couple did times you, I think I always play at least some of this DLC. Yeah, like the way it like uh, it uh, radiantly gets to you, even if you're not like looking for it, is nice for that. Like it'll you'll be like, ah, my, why why not go do the vampire shit? At least uh, get Serana, gonna... right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Did you do like a vampire run? Did you make a vampire character, or did you just go with like a vampire hunter route? Oh, I played as a vampire a lot of times. Yeah, okay. I, I enjoyed oh, yeah. playing as a vampire for a little bit. I think in the end. I thought that the downsides were outweighing the powers of the vampire. So I think I did eventually cure myself. I don't think I've ever kept the vampire, the vampiric curse or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then they have the, uh, where you could, they, I think they wanted a parody with werewolf where you have like a full transformation. Right. Um, yeah. Which I did not enjoy. Uh, I think it kind of was lame to be a floaty vampire man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like it. Like, it was cool the first time, but I was like, I'm not going to play through the whole rest of the game like this. What are we even doing here? Right. Yeah. The Again, the, there's there's downsides to being a vampire, and it's not fun to play with those those uh, things that you got to think about, you know? Also, like, um, maybe it's just like a clash that for me specifically, but if I'm playing a like fantasy game like that, maybe I don't necessarily want to play it in like a like I I want to either play a vampire game or I want to play a fantasy game. Maybe okay. I don't want to play both. Um, I mean, you are the leader of every guild in Skyrim. You are the yeah. dragonborn. You are a mm-hmm. vampire. You've been a werewolf. How many more things do you need? It's it's so much. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> it's like a it's like your first D and D campaign as a dungeon master where you want to be like you want to include literally everything. Like, right. let's be a transformer next. Let's do that. Do I want to be you... Optimus Prime in this fantasy world. <laughs> do you um do you often go vampire hunter then? You seemed like you were favoring yeah, it. I usually do. Um just because like I've done it before and I'm like I, I know I didn't like it. So if you I just play want to hang I out usually with Buffy. Just... Yeah, definitely. I definitely do that. Got to. Um but yeah, there's like a lot of other cool stuff about that DLC. I love the the demon horse that you get from the the soul car and the spirit horse rather. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember the horse's name, but uh, I always just use yeah, the Dark Brotherhood horse that you can summon. That's true. That's true. Do you remember yeah. that Bloodmane, Bloodmare, something like that? Yeah, but so, that's that's another good spirit horse that you can just summon anywhere. Hell yeah! You can throw it off a mountain, doesn't hurt it. Well, it'll hurt yep. it, but it'll come back. Yeah, never stays gone long. No, <laughs> but yeah, very good expansion. I enjoyed it. I, I love the additions. Uh, Since we're talking about underground stuff, I did want to mention I did not find Blackreach until like five playthroughs in. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I, it took me a long time. And I had thought I saw everything in Skyrim. And then all of a sudden I found this weird, trippy Blackreach place. I was like, what the hell is this? And that's just that's the joy of Skyrim, right? Is every time you think that you know everything, there seems to be something else. Yeah, um, that's a the Black Reach is such a cool thing. Like, I think it's a little criminally underused for how cool it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of there's literally, I think, only one quest that you can find down there. And it's a, like a Nernroot quest, which Nernroot is a I think they started that in Oblivion. 
where you just got to collect all the Nurn roots. Uh, and there's red ones down there, I think. That's what it is. Mm. But um, yeah, like it's such a cool, like alien place. Uh, and I think Elder Scrolls does a great job, especially with like making things feel alien and unique for fantasy worlds. Um, like it feels like you're on a different planet when you're in Blackreach. Uh, yeah it does well the the bioluminescence the yes the the weird bugs that you find and like why are there giants there they're inside come on get out of there <laughs> it sort of just shows like the that you know the eight the, the the giants exist all throughout skyrim it's right it's, it's neat right um yeah oh, i really, I really that, love that area that biome uh, if you will it's really cool um one thing i was going to mention also uh, with the addition of uh dawn guard uh they got the character make- makeover so at, at uh, down at your favorite place, the Ragged Flagon in Riften, uh, you can find someone to change your appearance. That wasn't actually a thing until Dawnguard either. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. All right. So let's talk about the other DLC. I think it's called Dragonborn. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Because I never played it all the way through. So um, that DLC, the Dragonborn DLC, is sort of the spiritual like sequel to... Uh, to the game because it sort of wraps everything up for you. Um, it picks up on some threads that were left in the main storyline with Hermaeus Mora, um, which, you know, you you're fighting the, like the original dragonborn, the very first one, Mirak is his name um, with two A's very fantasy name. M I R A A K. Uh, he's the, the, he's a former dragon priest. Um, and, uh, like it takes you to like a whole other land. You go to Solstheim, Solstheim. Um, and it is like a little place that's sort of on the edge of Skyrim. And there are like, uh, it's basically a Dunmer settlement. Uh, and it's, well, there's it's one technically there. part of Morrowind, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So um, that's, you know, that's kind of cool. I know people, people freaked out about that. They're like, they're bringing back Morrowind. I definitely did because Morrowind was my first experience and they do bring like some very visually obvious things at the, the community of Raven rock, which I it's, it always sticks in my head. There's a Raven rock park near my house, uh, vaguely near my house. So, uh, and there's also a Raven rock place in fallout three. So I think maybe there's like some sort of a weird connection to them to having places in their games called Raven rock. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Raven Rock location uh, is in Solstheim, uh, and uh, it, it introduces like a bunch of new gear and stuff. But mostly, like the the, the interesting part is that you're you're dropped into like this v- throwback place. Um, the Dunmer, like in, in Morrowind, uh, have like a that's another part that looks like really alien and unique like there's everything looks like it's made out of chitin because it is like there there's like chitin armor and stuff and there are these big silt strider like that was a fast travel mechanic as you could ride these weird giant fleas with long legs um kind of like a bus (laughs) (laughs) um it's hard to explain unless you've you know unless you kind of know what i'm talking about i think i've done about as good as i could um yeah, it's it's northeast of Skyrim. I'll get into the geography. Uh, it it uh, and there's like big ash wastes too. It's a bad place. The Dunmer have had it really bad. Yeah, they have. <laughs> so like, it's just a it's a it's a bad place. I think the Argonians um, might be the only race done dirtier in Skyrim. Yeah, maybe. 
maybe they, they have it pretty rough too. And the Khajiit, the Khajiit. Oh man, the Nords hate the Khajiit. They do, and it makes sense because they're all backstabbers, thieves, and drug dealers. Oh my god! <laughs> canceled. Go ahead, buy some skooma. You're canceled, um, Brandon. I definitely, you know, I'd I'd get canceled in Faerun or wherever the hell we are. Not Faerun. What what is it? Tal- Tamriel. Ta- Tamriel. Yeah. Sorry. Did you ever? My did you ever? Um, did you ever play the Elder Scrolls Online? I played for a little bit. Um, I just found it to be a less fun version of these games. Yes. But I will admit that I didn't give it the fair shake it deserved. Um, I, I think I gave it a pretty fair shake and I didn't care for it that much. Really? The, the combat's really clunky. That's really the problem. Is it really a is. Lot of, a lot um, of these games you want, you know, in the, in the Elder Scrolls, it's like, it's not the Elder Scrolls and it's not World of Warcraft, right? It's not doing either thing well. It's doing both things medium. Yes, that's a very good way to put it. Um, and to me, it didn't thread the needle enough to to really dig in. But I know some people, it hits just right and it's like their game. It's mm-hmm. like it's a Destiny thing where it's like they're still doing the same shit and it just hit, it, it, it hits everything they need. Yeah, so and like, at least and there's like there's ongoing lore that ties into the real world of, of of this of these games that people love. I get that. I get it. I love lore myself. It's just I don't I don't think I can commit to that. You know, I I'm not at a point in my life where I can play an MMO. Same. And I mean they they've just last year had like a gigantic DLC for that, so it's still going, still got a great community. Mm-hmm. Um maybe one day maybe one day I'll get involved, but I can't see it happening in the near future. I can't even record podcasts at a regular time. I know. Um, I know it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I, I can barely find time to play uh Spider-Man, you know, and that's single player for sure. God, thank the God. The city needs me. The city needs to be saved. <laughs> they sure do. And now it's not um, even just Manhattan. You can go to Brooklyn and Queens. You can, you can go to the, all the boroughs. You can go, you can go get a pizza from Queens. Oh, I didn't know um, if you could go to Staten Island or the Bronx. I haven't I haven't ventured that far yet. I don't even know. I haven't even fired up my PlayStation. I'm going to do it as soon as we're done with this. Just to look at the title <laughs> screen and then go pick up my children. There you go. There you go. Well, why don't we move on so that you can get there eventually? Um, I got I to gotta play the Dragon Ball DLC because it looks really fun. It's good. I don't really want to spoil it, but like it just um it's one of those things where like like with the Snow Elves situation, like the farther you go into the Dragonborn DLC, the more like just interesting world building they get done. Mm-hmm. Um you find out stuff uh about like Hermaeus Mora that you wouldn't have expected. It like it sort of spirals into like a straight up Cthulhu plot that's really cool. Um it's neat to like figure out finally like why the dragonborn are a thing. Um, I, I really do strongly recommend it. And like, it feels to me like when I think of the ending of the game, it's kind of like it ends there uh, for me. Like it ends okay. with dragonborn. All right. Um, That's good to know. I really got to do this. My wife is a big fan of that DLC. She plays it all the time when, when she plays, uh, I know she really likes that area. She likes the armor you get there. She's that's why she plays in third person. She wants to look at a cool character. And every time yeah, I look at her characters, they are always just decked out with the best gear you could imagine. <laughs> yeah, very. It is very cool. Honorable mention for the third DLC they did. It's not really. It's not a a playable, you know, new area. It's just you can make a house. It's called Homestead. You can make a house. You can adopt children and put them in the house. You can uh, you can do a lot of stuff there. So. 
it's more about like building uh modding so um uh with uh a g- hearthfire is a great time to talk about it because uh i ruin every playthrough with modding uh and that's how they always end uh i i liken it to uh using cheats for minecraft the instant that you don't need to dig for your resources is when i lose interest Whenever I start Hearthfire, I know that I'm almost done because I need to deck out my house. And I'm like, I don't want to go and find all this shit so I could make a cool statue in this side room of this house. Um, so I end up cheating and going to like a mod room where they have like boxes of resources uh, that I can just <laughs> use to to fully deck out my house. I look at it. I'm like, cool, I'm going to make a, a follower live here because, oh, by the way, with followers, I never have any followers ever except for occasionally Serana. Um, OK, you because didn't, they you didn't always even take. Um, what's your name? What's your name? The, the first one you get. Oh, God, Lydia. Lydia, Lydia, uh, my first playthrough, she died in a fight. That was that. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was that. And I don't think I ever got any more followers. But then, because I didn't even have the DLC on my first playthrough, you know, I was just playing the, the vanilla game. Yeah. Um, eventually, Serana became my default companion. I think um, uh, the warrior from the companions is a pretty good follower. Ayala the Huntress or something? Yes, Ayala like the Huntress. She's great. There's a few that are pretty good, but Serana has my heart forever. Yeah. Um, this goes into the Fallout games too, but with companions, I never like having them because I'm always like trying to do something and they scare the fuck out of me. Like I'm like, oh shit. There's a there's an even denser companion system in Starfield. I'm just okay. gonna tell you. You have you have Fair a enough. companion the same way you usually do, but you also have a crew. That seems good. Like I wouldn't mind having people at a base. But I don't want someone. No, they stay on your ship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I just don't want someone to be like standing in a hallway that I didn't expect to be there. There, Uh, There's some pretty fun dialogue. I'll say that they've they've improved like the companion dialogue for Starfield. I will say that like uh, even as far back as like New Vegas and stuff, the companions have always been cool. Like they're they're good. It's just the experience of playing with them I don't enjoy very much. Fair enough. Sort of like a. um, you know, fallen order. <laughs> like I like that. I like that it's a thing, but maybe I don't have as much fun playing it. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. I, yeah, the, I will I, tell you, the gameplay is smoother in Survivor, so I think we're gonna have to cover it eventually. I'm I'm down to do it eventually for sure. I I would love to see what's going on with the rest of the story. Um, it's yeah. I I've heard that it's not as strong of a story towards the end. I'm enjoying it so far, but I'm liking where it's going. They've expanded some of the. Um, some of the gameplay i'll i'll do a quick gameplay spoiler here you can dual wield as a mode now instead of just as a finisher hell yeah I which like is that. great yeah there's a lot of there's a lot more customization of like how you play and you don't have to press a button to grab onto a, a climbable thing which is great they eliminated that you can use a blaster too can't you i haven't gotten to that part but yes I've seen it in trailers. So yeah, yeah, you can definitely spoiler. do. Nah, that's it's on the trailers. That's all right. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. I think that's about all we have to say about the main game. Um. Do you want to do a quick Starfield check-in before we, since we kind of already alluded to it, before we head into feedback? Sure, I'd love to. What have you played on Starfield? I've played. I have walked to the slicing machine. 
like six times on three different platforms. Okay. And, and let's let's I, by the way, let's keep it like relatively spoiler free. For sure. On this discussion. Um the the uh, much like Skyrim, there is like a dreadfully slow introduction to moving around in a video game. <laughs> yeah. Where you have to deal with lore that you have no clue what they're talking about. You're just like getting vague like world building thrown at you, which is fine. Uh, you know, that's the way that stories start, especially in fantastical or science fictional realms. Um, I've done that several times. Uh, like I'm in by the last one, it was very much like a yada. Okay, come on, let me move. And then I've gotten into um, uh, with the mo- my most recent, and it was like a week into the game, maybe. I uh, I got into a bit of a firefight in one section. Uh, got to experience some of the action in the game, and that's literally it. Um, that's all I've been able to do. I have not been, I have not had video game time pretty much at all. Uh, uh, you are you are way in there though. Right? I'm I've played like 15 hours of it. I've I've had a decent time, which I know is kind of scratching the surface on a Bethesda game. But I heard that New Game Plus is really a lot better because of the, and I, I can tell why based on the story, but I'm not going to spoil it here, but I, I can tell what they're going for. And I'm, I like the twists and turns they've gotten in the story. I think it's, I think it's the strongest Bethesda main story I've played. Like there's a really? lot of good, there's a lot of good stuff in the main story. I've mostly done the main story because I've been trying to get to new game plus and then explore more. But mm-hmm. um, I kind of got stuck at a mission. So now I have to, now I have to, um, you know, go figure out what I want to do on, um, uh, you know, do I want to go do more side quests or do I want to lower the difficulty? For sure. Yeah, this year has been something of a banner year for excellent games that unfortunately take for fucking ever to play. I know. So like, I'm the just Kingdom, so... Baldur's Gate. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm just so far behind and I just, I have had the, the least amount of time I've ever had in my life. I have to chase a one-year-old around. My five-year-old does not like video games right now. She just wants to watch, you know, Bluey and, and, uh, every single day it is either Frozen or Frozen 1 followed by Moana followed by Encanto. Every single day we're watching that shit, which I enjoy. They're all great movies. They are all great movies. It doesn't give me time to play video games, especially whenever I'm trying to chase around a baby. So Fortnite's fun and fast. <laughs> so play that. Yeah, sometimes. you can hop in for ten minutes, play around, and log off. Yeah, yeah. Same thing for Destiny. I've been playing the game for se- like seven years, so like I can hop in, get some stuff done, even if it's just manage inventory, and then hop out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like story games, I'm just having a rough time getting to. I, I heard that Spider Man Two is like thirty hours, and you're done. Like I can do it feasibly. Uh, even yeah, like the, it's, the it's other one for sure that has fallen through the cracks has been. Um, uh final fantasy 16 like we were supposed to cover it i don't know if we're gonna cut this but we were supposed to cover it like i just have not been yeah we were gonna cover it this month and then we were busy so we were like oh let's do skyrim we've already played that for 700 hours each yeah uh conservatively uh but yes like um so it's just you know it's wild times right now every i'm sure everybody you know all adults can uh can sort of uh especially children having adults can can understand but man what a great game like what a great year for games yeah, I mean, you could you could just have the games of this year and be busy for like three more years straight up. And definitely as a big Bethesda game fan, like Starfield is one that I cannot wait to get to. 
Um, mm-hmm. Very, very eager to do it. I did not like spaceflight. Uh, I'm sure I'll get good at man, like at the ship eventually. It's not great. But, it's just not. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's not. It's not my favorite part of it. I I do it as little as I can. And I hear like as soon as you get a better ship, it's much. It's like a much better experience. But uh, yeah, the original ship's pretty bad. I I had to buy a better ship because you you get to a point where they're like you have to travel this far and you can't do that in your current ship. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I hope that people enjoy Starfield and Skyrim and all the Bethesda soup we're talking about. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll do listener feedback. And we're back. All right, Brandon, we've got listener feedback, I think, mostly for the first time on this podcast. Usually, because we cover a different thing every month, I think it's hard for people to write in. But we gave a lot of leeway, a lot of a lot of lead time on this because we kept putting it off. And so people got their Skyrim feedback in. So we've got four today. I'm going to start off with Davey Mack. And by the way, you can send this stuff into LHP at thelorehounds.com. Use thelorehounds.com, go to the contact form, leave a voicemail, whatever you want. Go on our Discord server and at me, um, and we'll get this on the feedback for the next episode. I'm not sure what we're covering next, Brandon, but we'll, we'll keep it we'll keep it on the Discord and on the Twitters, and you can follow us for free on Patreon. If You can just click the follow button, and you'll get updates. So uh, that's an option for people if they want to see what we're doing. Anyway. Davy Mack wrote in and said, hey, guys, not sure if this is too late, but I just wanted to send in my brief feedback for Skyrim. I think this was sent two months ago. It's a game I wanted to love, and I gave it about 40 hours of my time. But unfortunately, I'm afraid I didn't click with it. I know I probably should have powered through to the end as I heard the final mission was great, but I just had a hard time with the whole you get to be the head of every single guild approach to the design of the game. It just kind of pulled me out that I could be the head of the mages simultaneously while being the head of whatever group it was that hated mages. It just kind of broke my immersion. I wish it locked you out of things and forced you to choose. I feel like that would have made the journey more meaningful. Tack on combat and crafting wasn't fun. Uh, And I eventually just had to walk away. I know people love the freedom of the game, though, so maybe it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I'm going to pause there. I, I agree with you, Davy Mac. I think that it's people would be upset if you couldn't, if it did lock you out of things. I think that that would piss off the Bethesda main community. Me, it would. Uh, it would. It was a problem that I had with Fallout New Vegas. Is it forced you into f- like choosing sides in a way that denies like it. It makes you do secondary runs of the game, which you know I love to do. So I don't know why it's like a an issue, but. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think locking stuff out would have been fine. But if you want this all-encompassing run with one character, um, it's 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 hard to know what the right answer to do is as far as like game design. But I I, I can't disagree that um, forcing you to choose would make the game much more impactful. I think. Yeah, I I think that this is just going to be a matter of preference. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I hope you have a better experience, Davey. Yeah, and I, I don't know like how like if you literally just now for the first time started playing Skyrim, I don't know what that would be like. Uh, I obviously can't, you know, I can't say because uh, I played it when it first came out. But 
starting Skyrim for the first time in 2023, like what does that even feel like? It must feel like well, a, like a mess. Our next person writing in is doing that. So um, oh, okay. we'll, we'll hear from Duve in a second. Uh, just to finish off Davey Mac's email, the modding scene looks super fun, though, and I highly re- recommend the Monster Factory episodes that Griffin and Justin McElroy did on Skyrim. They were hilarious episodes. In any case, McElroy. looking forward to your discussion on it. David M., Davey Mac on the Discord. Thanks, Davey Mac. Always a pleasure to hear from you. I'm sorry you didn't like Skyrim, and hopefully we can cover something you like next month or next time we record. The modding scene is fun. Um, I made uh, one of my more recent playthroughs. I made Jon Snow in the game. I used a Nord uh, uh, body, and then I took the character and reduced him in size to be about chest height on every other character in the game. (laughs) So I made a tiny little Jon Snow. That's really Uh, funny. People have modded in a bunch of the Game of Thrones armor and weapons and stuff. So I was using Longclaw. Um like it's it's really neat like that you can there's so much stuff you can do you can make the game look prettier run smoother like the the modding scene is absolutely insane also my favorite mod which is a pretty common one that kind of went viral is the macho man randy dragon where it replaces the all of the uh dragon models with like weird awful stretched out macho man randy savages so like (laughs) Like it's just big, long, like weird looking arms and the dragon oh, shouts boy. are all like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. It. Like that's it is funny. so good. That's fun. I haven't modded too much in Skyrim. I think I've like enabled a couple like built in ones on the anniversary edition, but that's about it. I, I, I yeah. was never because I wasn't really a PC gamer until very recently, until a couple years ago. So it's uh, I kind of missed the Skyrim mod scene. Right. But maybe that's my next journey. Maybe I'll do a modded playthrough soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doove 71 writes in and Doove heard that we were covering Skyrim. I, I was recommending it to him on on Twitter and Doove was influenced to begin playing Skyrim for the first time ever in 2023. Doove wrote in and said about 50 hours into Skyrim. I love how this game is stubbornly intent on making me a vampire. Had to kill <laughs> myself three times already. For a game of its age, it has some ticks that rankle a bit, but its ambition and execution is stunning. I can remember years ago hearing how players just went completely off script and became farmers, raising kids, looking forward to hearing the pod when it drops. Duve, I'm so glad you're having a fun time with Skyrim. I know Duve was tweeting at me the whole time. I could have collected a couple more tweets, um, but Duve was tweeting at the Lorehounds account the whole time saying how much of a blast he was having. So it's I'm really glad that uh, it's still hidden in 2023. That yeah, that is that that does make me feel good because like there is so much there. Um, by yeah. the way, we didn't even get into the music, but God, like yeah, the, the music in in Skyrim and just in Elder Scrolls in general, like some of the moments that I think about when I think about Skyrim are just like looking out at icy wastelands up in the north and just hearing the beautiful music that plays. Um, yeah, super relaxing. Yeah, and that is something that will hit like the music does such a good job of making the game feel timeless. I think mm-hmm. uh, because it's such a ambient wonder, like, like a wonder that the music has. Um, and, you know, it, it, I think it does extend the life of a game uh, th- through vibes alone. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's one of the most relaxing and beautiful soundtracks in a game. 
Um, I think the only thing that relaxes me more is the everyday music from Persona 5. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure you're right. I gotta, it's I'm, so, I'm it's to so it chill. Yeah, just I don't even remember what the song is called, but it's just the one that plays when you're just sitting in your room and doing nothing. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do thanks for writing in. Alicia, contributor to the network and affiliate on the Bullshift Dust feed, writes in Skyrim. They tricked me into buying that game three times and it was worth it every time. The VR version is my go to now, though. I had low expectations for it since it was something added after the fact but it's one of the best VR games I own. I often use the opening sequence coming in on the cart, the dragon showing up to give people a PSVR demo. When it looks like they're about to chop off your head, then there's a giant lizard hovering over you. It's intense. I, and I love the way the teleport motion style works in that version. I feel like I'm hopscotching through the landscape. Have you played the VR version, Brandon? I've never played anything with VR. Okay. I've played like 10 minutes of the VR version. That's about okay. it. Do you have like a like a VR setup? Not really. I have mm-hmm. I have an Oculus Quest from a while ago okay. and it it kind of connects to the PC but it doesn't it's not it's not like full resolution so it's not I don't think it was the optimal experience for it to be honest with you. Um I think right. at least you probably had a much better experience doing it natively with PSVR. I think it makes sense, especially because of just like how robust the the world is for Skyrim. Like it seems like it is, it would be like really good for uh, for VR. Yeah, uh, that and like it being familiar probably would also help like orient you a little bit. Um, yes, you know, playing having played the game so many times, I think like being like, huh, maybe if I go check out Falkreath, like this will be like a pretty cool experience, and I can like look all around and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. I, I want to try this if I ever get a better VR setup. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of inspired never. to do so now. Maybe <laughs> for the first time. Thanks, Alicia. There you go. Yeah, thanks. Kim M writes in, says, Hi, Lorehounds. This message is all about Skyrim. I have always been a console player, but I just recently bought my first gaming PC. Congratulations, Hell Kim. Yeah. I have a PS5, Xbox One, Oculus, and PC. I have Skyrim Ball. on all five platforms. LOL, I haven't had a chance to play it on my new PC yet, but I plan to mod the crap out of it. The VR version is fun, but the graphics are a little crunchy. I have quite a few mods on my Xbox version, and one of them is the cat mod. Cats live in all major cities. When I turned into a werewolf for the first time with the cats, they all started chasing me, and I ran away because of I didn't want to hurt them. Uh, <laughs> it was funny, she says. Uh, also one of, uh, one time one of the cats died and the shoulder and the soldiers lined up behind the cat to pay homage. Uh, it was really touching. Whoever wrote that mod is my hero. You can also get one of them to follow you on your quest, but that stressed me out too much. I was afraid it would get hurt. I'm excited for your Skyrim podcast. Love the last of us pod. You did best Kim M. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. What a lovely idea, the cat mod. Now now that's on my list of mods to try. Also, thank you for loving our Last of Us pod. I don't know yeah. if she's talking about the game one, but probably. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think so. I think so. I think, uh, yeah, if you're writing into the Lorehounds play, you probably know. Yeah. There's a uh, a bone cat that you can get. It's Maybe it's a bone. It's actually a bone wolf uh, that I got as a pet that would stay in one of my houses. And my daughter couldn't look at the screen whenever it was on there. Because I have like a, a Halloween decoration bone cat that I keep in, I kept in my closet that, and she wouldn't enter my room with it. Oh yikes! 
yeah so it was uh <laughs> she eventually made friends with the bone cat but uh if bone wolf was on the tv she was not a fan that's fair uh, but yeah like the the pets are a pretty fun little addition like there's like a skeever pet that you can get i'd never played the cat mod but um as a as a person who likes the idea of pets who will probably never have one because i don't like any more responsibilities um uh video game is a perfect place to experience that um, there you go yeah thank you for the feedback kim absolutely all right that's it for listener feedback again write in lhp at the lorehounds.com if you want to get in touch with us for the next episode we will be in touch on what we're covering next because i don't know and you don't know brandon nope but for now time to do some programming notes we've got a lot of stuff coming out soon um we've got a new silmarillion stories we've got a new earth sea cycle on uh tehanu part one we're doing the first six chapters and it was already like a two-hour podcast because that's how we roll with Marilyn. and um loki season two is happening and david john and alicia are covering it i've been keeping up on the episodes mostly and it's a really good show so far and that's coming from someone who's not an mcu person so i would check that out if you are not in on all that or you can go to patreon.com slash the lorehounds where you can get everything ad free and early access want to talk quickly about our affiliates properly howard movie review they just finished their uh remake season which is where they talk all about remade movies and and whether they're good or bad honestly i didn't watch most of the movies and i would listen to most of their episodes and it's really funny even if you haven't watched the movie so i would check that out um they their whole thing is they want to know they want to determine if the movie is better worse or on par with the average ron howard movie is it properly (laughs) howard hell yeah and uh that's really fun we're going to be covering severance with them so they are already in the midst of severance season one and you can find that feed in the show notes um that'll that'll have all our severance coverage as it goes through severance season two is where david and i will hop in and you can get um, that that'll be on the Patreon as well. But uh, it'll also be for public. It'll only be on that severance feed just because we need to split ad revenue with Anthony and Steve. So make sure you subscribe to that feed if you want more of that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Properly Howard for more fun with remakes. Alicia is back on the grind. I know she's about to start Beacon 23, the new Hugh Howie show on MGM+. She also just put out some coverage on the fall of the House of Usher, the new Mike Flanagan horror series on Netflix. And uh, you can hear on this on this feed, there will be might it's probably out already. Um, but there's some coverage of Alicia and I talking for about an hour about that series. And you can get more of her thoughts specifically on the Poe inspiration and whatnot on that on, on her own feed. will shift us again. Go to the show notes for that. Real quick, I want to shout out our, our Patreon lore masters. These are our top tier patrons who really help us do all these projects that we're doing, do the extra stuff uh, when, with our, our contributors and whatnot. Uh, they are Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter OH, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Doove 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Andra B, Kwang Yu, Laura G, Dead Eye Jedi Bob, Nathan T, Alex V, Aaron T, Sub Zero, and Adrian. Thank you all so much. The list gets longer every time, and we love seeing new names on it. So thank you all, and thank you to all our patrons for your support. 
on, um, you know, keeping the podcast network going. Brandon, it's been a pleasure. It's been a been a real fun time with you. I'm glad we were finally able to do this. I know we had a lot of rescheduling, but we got around to it. We got to uh, we got to hang out with the Nords for a while. I'm excited to talk to you about whatever we talk about next. I still don't know, but uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon about it. We certainly will. Thank you for having me. It's always a is always a pleasure to be uh, to be a part of the Lorehounds family and uh, plans plan or thinking about playing those games we used to play. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. We'll see you on the next one. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by the Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.